Well, good morning, church. Yeah, it's good to be good to be in the house with you all. My goodness, I've missed you very, very much. I just want to say, yeah, thank you. It's good to be missed. <laughs> Leg, the 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 ankle's doing good. Uh, well, it's it's doing. <laughs> it's in process, and we're getting there. I want to say thanks to all the prayers and uh, notes that I've received, cards and. Uh, emails, uh, texts that have come. Uh, it's been really interesting. I've had, had people come in and saying that they're praying for my hip, which I appreciate. Some others are praying for my shoulder, which I again appreciate. And some are praying for my knee. So thank you. My future is set. We're good to go. And I've even had somebody saying that they're praying for my ankle. So God is good. Thank you so much for doing all of that. I want to say, too, I know we sent out last night a, an email, of, or a, a, maybe it was on Facebook, concern for Joel Butts. We sent him on, on a mission uh, to the Solomon Islands earlier this week, and when he arrived, he got violently ill uh, with stomach, stomach flu. And uh, so I just got a, an email from him just a, a few minutes ago that he's doing better. Uh, he's, he has the rest of the day to rest, uh, and he's with the team so thank you so much for praying for him. What a, what a great man he is, and we so appreciate him going and taking uh, this, uh, this mission on uh, to be with them during a special time of graduation of our school. They had 70 students during their school this year. This is their very first school in the Solomon Islands. And, uh, and so they graduated uh, yes, our, our, our yesterday. <laughs> And, uh, and now they're getting ready for a big conference, and Joel would be the main speaker for that conference. So just thank you again. Now, it's real, really an honor and privilege to introduce to you uh, Mark Crawford. Mark, of course, has been in, the, in and out of the house. Uh, he's been in the house and in the outhouse. It's something like that. Uh, but a dear, yeah, he's a dear, dear friend. Uh, he has blessed the mission in so many ways that you don't even understand and know. We're thankful for that. Uh, he opened up the Philippines for us many years ago, invited Dan and I to come to an event that he, he was uh, hosting there. And it opened up, uh, what, which is now our school there. And he, he and I partnered together as co-directors of that school, uh, overseeing the school. And we're just so blessed to have him in the house today. A dear, dear friend, prophet from the great nation of Australia. Uh, he was locked down for three years, totally locked down, could not come out of, out of that nation. Uh, finally escaped and has come our way. Would you please give a great welcome to Mark Crawford. Good day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's great to be here. Uh, really, really, as I've missed not being able to travel, I've missed not being able to be here, and uh, so it's been it's been really great. It's great to be here. Um, I've I've written a couple of books. Um, first of all, fascinated by heaven on earth. And uh, people tell me, well, a person tells me, that um, it's worth double what I charge simply just because of the forward. 
and the forwards by David Crone. <laughs> and um, the second book uh, that um, I wrote is called Who Let the Joy Out? Um, do you ever remember that song, Who Let the Dogs Out? Well, this is Who Let the Joy Out? Boom, boom. You know, so it's, it's um, 31 days um, and it will just radically, I think, change how you see joy. Um, and that joy is not just something that, as a response, which we have been, we've really learnt. Um, joy is a weapon. A joy changes things. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, Kyle, come get this. <clears throat> so, there's a reason that you came here. Right? And the reason that you came here is to learn some things, but also to bring some things into place. And this this book here, Fascinated by Heaven on Earth, is really about um, heaven, the will of God, is that what happens in heaven would happen on earth. So it's a lot about that, some things in there. Um, <clears throat> but I've already told you, but you, you are going to be a bridge builder. And a bridge builder from those people that are outside of the kingdom and those that are in the kingdom. And some of the songs that are in your destiny in your heart to write are going to bring people from a place where they don't want anything much to do with the kingdom or with God or with church but it's going, they're going to transition and come into that and you're actually going to lead a generation of people who are going to go after some things that build bridge into the kingdom and bring people to the place of relationship with God and that book is going to help you. Cool. <laughs> um, this guy sitting just next to you. Yeah, that guy. So what's your name? Sorry? Forest. 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 Like run, forest, run. Yeah. Okay, oh. <laughs> uh, this joy book here. Because I, I see um, this sort of revival happening around about you. And it's, it's a revival that's not just about laughter, it's about changing, changing atmospheres, changing things. Um, and um, you're really going to, I suggest that you go on a journey of this because you're going to, that the joy is a power and a weapon. And I, I could just see you laughing and just this whole laughing all around about you, which is not typically what a lot of people like to head into, they like the thought of joy, but it's going to be a change, and you're a change agent, right? Okay. <clears throat> okay. Now, um, many of you, I'm sure, will have heard of the term déjà vu. Right? Deja vu, um, sort of like in years gone past, we stayed away from it because it's like, it's wrong. And then we came to understand that whilst it can be used in a, in a wrong sense, it's also very much um, a, a place where we catch up almost where our spirit has been. Right? So prophetically. Right? 
So it actually, it actually means, deja vu means to see something that you've already seen. So that you can go into a place and it's like, I've been here before. I have a sense or a, or a situation, I've been there before. But I want to actually talk about something a little different, another word. It's called vujay da. So vujay da. So vujay da means to look at something that you're familiar with but with fresh eyes. To look at something that you're familiar with with a different view, different eyes. You'll see it differently from a different perspective. <clears throat> Vujay da. So, what do you see? <clears throat> That's what the Lord said to me as I was coming to, to America, preparing for here, preparing to be here. And he kept talking to me about, what do you see? And I thought, that's what I'm going to talk about. What do you see? You know, and we will get to that. We will get to having a look at Vujay Da. And then when I arrived here, he kept saying to me, what do you see? I thought, that's what I'm speaking about. It's like, no, what do you see? Yeah, Lord, that's what I'm speaking about. No, 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 Mark, what do you see? So why don't I talk to you about a few things that I saw on my trip over to here, that <clears throat> I, I think it was the Lord, could have been um, jet lag, but you know, I woke up at about 1.30 in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep and he just started to speak to me. Uh, why he does that at that time in the morning? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, here's a couple of events and I want you to I, I want you just to bear with me because there's a little bit of detail with it. Is that all right? Okay. So when I was here in August, um, I went back home from San Francisco to Melbourne. I went on a United Airlines flight. It was a, a 787 Dreamliner. I was seated. Um, the Dreamliner is made up of three seats, three seats, and three seats. And... Um, I was sitting in row 35, seat F. When I arrived to sit there, there was a spare seat, and then there was an older Indian lady sitting um, on the aisle seat, and she had this sort of like silver shawl thing that she wrapped over her head. She didn't speak very much English, and uh, she was of the opinion that she had two and a half seats. And she had actually sat up in the, in the seat on the flight and at times she spread out right across and had to push her feet back and push her things back across over here. So 15 hours of that was very interesting. So I remembered her quite well. <laughs> and um, sort of complained a little bit about her. So um, coming over this time, um, I left... I was, Going to fly from Melbourne to San Francisco, United Airlines on a 787 Dreamliner. I arrived and I'm seated in row 35F, same seat. And there's two seats spare next to me. It's like, cool. Lord, please, nobody. <laughs> and and um, people are coming and coming and still there's empty seats, empty seats, empty seats. And getting close to um, finish um, um, loading, this lady runs on. And I thought, oh, please, don't go there. And she didn't. She stopped in the row before me. 
But there was a problem because the lady who was sitting in her, was, there was a lady sitting in her seat. So the flight attendants came, fixed it up, and this lady that was sitting in this seat came and sat in that row. It was the same Indian woman. Same silver shawl. Same belief that she had two and a half seats. And she had exactly her own food that she'd brought on, which she'd also taken from San Francisco to Melbourne. And these are, this is a lot of distance apart. What are the odds of that? <laughs> exactly same woman. Exactly same behaviour for 13 hours on the way coming across. So my attention is, Lord, all the time I've travelled, this has never happened to me. So what is going on? So, you know, I was thinking about it, talking to my wife. I, I talked to Dave about it. I just, like, something's going on. And when the Lord woke me up, he said, Mark, this, this has to do with you, but it's also about the mission. Okay. He said, yes. Tell them that their time with India is not finished. And in particular, I have given them a responsibility in Fiji to minister into the Indian people in Fiji and to actually bring them into a reconciliation with the Fijians there. And he said, they are not winding back, they are winding up. And I'm going to do some things that are going to be significant for that nation that are going to involve the Indians. Then he said to me, Mark, this is twin, this is double. And, and you couldn't even imagine how that could happen. Same person, same seat, same flight could, could actually happen. And it, and it was all put together to demonstrate the miraculous power that God is going to do in this place that has to do with the double, has to do with the twin. I don't know if it's my accent. Maybe I'll say that again. <laughs> right? Miraculous power of God where God takes two things and he brings them together that wouldn't not, you just wouldn't hear about it happening like that. It's going to happen here. Then... It was the most turbulent flight that I'd been in, <laughs> coming across. Um, I heard the captain say so many times, you know, flight attendants, take your seat. And then it would come out and then he'd be out again, flight attendants, take your seat. And they threw the food at us, just basically, <laughs> because they didn't have much time to do it. And, um, and, and it was just great turbulence. And one of the turbulent moments I'm there... And I'm just, I don't mind the turbulence, I was just resting in it. And I saw a, a, like a movie, it wasn't on that screen in front of me, it was, you know, like across my eyes. And it was me, several years ago, in this place, speaking. And I was, I, I, I made a declaration, or I started to speak, and I said... At the time of spring, spring was the time that kings went to war. I was terrified in that moment because I couldn't move on. 
Everybody else was having fun, but I was terrified up here. Because God would not let me finish what I was going to say. And so it was over and over and over, I was making this declaration of spring, it's time when kings go to war. And I felt like, and this is what's going to happen a lot today, is that God is going to complete some things. God is going to bring completion in your lives. He's going to bring some things that are outstanding. And so he said to me, tell, tell the people at the mission that they're in a spring season. And they're going to stay in a spring season. They're going to be out of season for what is in the natural and what a lot of other people will be in a different season. They'll stay in a spring season. A spring season is a season of anticipation. It's a place where we see blossom that declares something. It's a season of new things, new births, new things taking place, particularly in agricultural sense. Then he told me um, that um, something that I was going to say on that time when I spoke before when he wouldn't let me say anything, he said, now you can say it. In spring season, in a typical, in lots of countries... They sow seed in fall. It goes through the winter, and then when the spring comes, they start, it starts to sprout. It starts to grow. It's already in the ground. Right? It saves a lot of time. And the Lord said that dormant seeds that you have sown, that have laid there for years and years and years, are going to start to sprout. They're going to start to come. They're going to start to think, and it's going to surprise you what grows. It's going to surprise you in a good way. It's going to surprise you in a great way. And he kept saying to me, what do you see? So Kathy, I had this um, vision of you as the woman in the Old Testament um, who is running out of food and all the things that, that go with it. Don't take it too far. She was a widow. <laughs> so don't... It's not, that's not the point. The point was, <laughs> sorry, Al, but, <laughs> but I, I, I saw the main part of when the prophet said to her, what have you got? So I don't have anything. Well, I've got a little bit of oil. And he said, now go and gather all of the pots that you can get, all of the containers, go and get all those vessels. And bring them in to the room. Shut the door and pour. So the Lord said, You, Kathy, are a gatherer. That's the anointing on you to gather. But you're also a closer because she had to close the door. So when you close the door, 
that a doorway is a transition point from one realm to another. And that's one of the areas that you're strong on is, is bringing people to closure, closing things. Say, well, this is enough. We've had enough of this. I'm going to pray with you. Let's say no to this. Let's finish this. Right? So you're a, a closer. But you're also, uh, you have an ability to bring about supernatural provision. Right? Which is the pouring of the oil. Gatherer, closer, provider. That's anointing on you. And the Father says, you've only just walked in a, in a, in a small amount of it. Right? And he says, the season I want to take you into in this spring season is a season where you're going to flourish in all three of those things. Uh, it's Michelle, yeah. Uh, I, I just keep hearing the word upgrade and upgrader, upgraded and upgraded. And I want to just declare that that you are in a place of being upgraded, but also upgrading. And uh, if I was you, I would look at what you can do in the natural to upgrade things, and go about and do it, because it's going to have a, a, an, an effect. But there's an anointing on you to bring about upgrades. Okay, so if you want an upgrade, I'd go to her and get her to pray for you. <laughs> yeah, and you go to Kathy. Yeah, um, right up the back, the guy that's on the piano. So who is it? Chris. Chris. Um, I, I see all around uh, about you. It's a little distance from you, but it's around you, and it's healing. Like there's just a lot of healing. Um, it, it's not the main thing, but it's, it's around you. Um, and, and, but what I see you as the main thing that you really are able to do is to connect, bring connections in the realm of the spirit. Like, like you, things that are not fitting together or things that have been broken or divided or whatever else. You have, a, you have an anointing and a power in the spirit. And I, I listened to you as you were singing here, and I heard, heard you yesterday. Um, there is a, there's a strength in that in you. There's, a, there's an anointing that you have in that to accomplish some things that break what the enemy has done in division. And you are a connector. You're a divider. So it's almost like, you know, if you were to... If you were to um, like I, I could just see an incision that's made in a, in a body and, you know, it's worked in, and then it comes back together and it's stitched back together, right? And it's stitched back together and, and, it, and it's got to heal, right? But it's, it can heal because it's been put back together, right? So it's like you've got an anointing to, to bring things back together in the realm of the spirit, you, you there's just this ability to be able to operate in that way, right? So you can operate in, in a way in which you bring about healing in the realm of the spirit. It doesn't stop you from not operating in, in healing around this particular place. Um, also, um, legacy is really strong on you. I keep hearing the word legacy. It's about building legacy. And you're a legacy builder, Make, 
<clears throat> I heard really strongly, and I felt like um, the, the worship team let us in. Um, I heard these words, and I felt like the Lord said to me, declare it. And I was like, like I, I didn't, I wasn't doubting that I heard it from the Lord. I was just trying to figure it out. What does it mean? But he said this, tell them the famine is over. I'll come across like this way. Tell them that the famine is over. And then I kept hearing the sound of, I, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. You know, because, you know, that's really what Elijah was feeling up on Mount Carmel when they the, had three years of famine, right? And the Lord told him the famine's over, and then he could hear. But there was no indication that there was rain on the way, right? They had to press in. Now, that's what you've got to do. Press in. Press in because I can hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Uh, I think it's really quite interesting we had that song. <laughs> that let it rain. And there was, there was power on that. Yeah? So, I, I heard this word for you, Ryan. Whatever you ask, whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. And it was like, I almost, I, 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 what I was feeling was that God just can't say no to you. I mean, I know he can say no, but he just can't say no to you. Right? Because he knows that you're just not going to ask for anything. And I saw this picture of Dave standing here, and I, I, I knew this from a long time ago, and saying, you know, permission is granted. And then I saw you picking it up and says, now. He declared that, he made way for that, now we're going to do it. So you see the connection? So today, what we're seeing is I declared some things and I couldn't get to declare some things. God says, now, now we're going to put it together. So there's a lot of things in the spirit are coming together today. You might not feel it, but it's actually happening in your life that things that have not been together like they should have been, they're coming together. They're coming together. They're coming together. They're coming together. Things that haven't worked Things that haven't taken place, things that haven't been like they should be, are coming together. They're coming together. They're coming together. They're coming together. Dormant seeds in your life that have been sitting there, prophecies that have been waiting, waiting for a time. Now is the time because the famine is over. The famine is over. People that are destined to be here will start coming. Now, <clears throat> please hear this. Please hear this. There was a season at the mission here where people were moving because of personalities. They were coming here because of certain people. Not wrong. It's not wrong. They came, they moved from across the country and from other countries to be here because of personality. Right? That has changed. People are going to move here 
and come to here because of promise. You have moved from personality to promise. And your responsibility is to understand the promises and wage the warfare with the prophetic words to go after the promises. Because as the promises rise, as the promises are taken hold of, as the promises you go, you go after the promises, that anointing level, that level is going to rise. And people are waiting for some of the promises. There are people who need some of the promises that are on this house. They need it to happen in their life. They need the breakthrough of it. They need, the, they need, they need it in their life. A lot of, a lot of churches, a lot of places... The people in those places are often, you would look at them and say that they're spectators, right? They're people that have to be governed. And I feel like the Father is saying that in this household, he's creating not the governed, but the governors. But that does deserve a little more than what you gave it. So it's about governance. He's going to teach you about governance, how to govern. How to govern in different aspects of life. How to govern. How to govern in, in, in different areas. And um, that's, um, that's a, a whole... It's a whole different thing. <clears throat> Haggai 2, verse 8 and 9 says this. The silver is mine... The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. I'll I'll say that again. I'll, I'll, I'll try and just change my accent a little bit so you get it. Hey, mate. (laughs) The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. If you you were to look at all of the prophetic words that have been given to the mission over the year, you'll find that every one of those prophetic words has either a direct reference or an inferred reference to abundance. So it is a season to change the narrative. So, what do you see? Vujay Da. It's time to look at the familiar, the familiar place, the familiar things with different eyes. Now, Jesus had a difficulty with this because he comes to the the his synagogue, his local synagogue. And he stands up and he starts to speak. And he's speaking and people are like, who is this guy? Like this, we've not heard this sort of teaching. You know, the, the ones that would go to sleep in the back rows are awake. Why, like, two? 
We've not heard this before. Where did this? And it's just life and it's amazing and it's just, wow, look at this. And then somebody recognized who was speaking. And they recognized, oh, isn't that Mary and Joseph's son? Haven't we got, haven't we got a table he made? And they recognized who was speaking and all the faith out of the room. Went as fat, flat as a pancake. It went from absolutely excitement to because the spirit of familiarity came into that place and robbed them of all the things that were intended for them. That's what familiarity does. That's the place where we, we lose the fascination of what God is saying and what God is doing. And we become susceptible to offense. We become susceptible to faithlessness and doubt because of familiarity. So the way that needs to change it there is be in a place where you are looking at things from a different perspective, looking at things from a different place. And it's always good to practice that in the, in the natural. So, so if you're used to just going to a certain route all the time, then change. If you are looking at what you, if you always do certain things, then make yourself a little uncomfortable and do things differently so that you can, you can capture this thing of vujeda of looking at the familiar with a different viewpoint. So I want to I sort of mess with you a little bit this morning. Is that all right? <laughs> well, I know I have a little bit already, but, you know, I'm just warming up, so. All right. <clears throat> There's no such thing as darkness. Just the absence of light. There's no such thing as darkness in the absence of light. And people, people, will say, people have said to me, I can, you come back here when it's dark and I'll show you darkness. Yes, but that's just the absence of light. You see, light was created. God said, let there be light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, we are the light. So that when you take the created away, it, it causes light, darkness to manifest. Yeah? If you walk into a dark room, you turn the light on, what happens in the darkness? Flees. So this is a way of looking at things from heaven towards earth. Okay? So we, we understand darkness doesn't exist. It's not created. It doesn't have the power of creation behind it. Right? Darkness exists because of the absence of light. Right? All right, let me mess with you further. There's no such thing as lack. Just the absence of abundance. Abundance. 
Oh, I can hear the cogs ticking over. I can. I hear the sound of an abundance of clicking. <laughs> right? You see, we have been schooled, we have been taught most of our lives to look from nothing to something. We are looking from nothing, lack, to get something. That isn't heaven's perspective. Heaven's perspective is from more than enough towards lack. So if you're living from nothing to something, then you are limited. We are limited. We are limited to what we can think that we could possibly get and often we're in our own abilities. How am I going to do this? How am I going to make this happen? How am I going to, how am I going to get this to happen? And so therefore we're looking to get. If I can just get this. But if you understand that lack simply manifests because there's the removal of abundance. Therefore... When you understand that we live from heaven, because we're seated in heavenly places, right? And our thinking has to catch up with that, because we've been schooled in lack. So therefore, if I'm going to see from abundance towards lack, then I'm going to look at things differently. I'm going to look at how do I appropriate what God has, not what I have, what he has given me stewardship over and what he has, how, how are we going to bring that, how are we going to bring that into the situation that there's an abundance on earth? In the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, it said this, because you did not serve me with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything, therefore, Therefore, I will, and the translation says, send the enemy, or release the enemy, but I, I think it's a better translation to actually mean, I'm going to, I'm going to allow the enemy. Right? I'm going to allow the enemy to bring to you and bring thirst, hunger, nakedness, and the want from everything. So, so what is thirst? Lack of water. 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 You know, that, this. <laughs> so, so what's hunger? Lack of food. What's nakedness? Right? What is want for everything? Just lack. So, so what, what I understand this means is because you lived in a place that it wasn't joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore, all you could see was lack. You lived from lack. Because you lived from lack, because that's all you talked about, that you didn't have this, that you, you didn't live out of a place of joy and gladness for abundance for everything. You didn't live from an abundant place. Therefore, I'm going to give you what you want. Therefore, I'm going to allow you to have what you talked about, what you declared, what you spoke to everybody about, what you exalted. 
I'm going to give you that because that's what you want. So looking from abundance towards lack and it there is a place where we have to create new neural pathways because we have these default things that we've been taught time and time again. Now you can actually take this and and we can we could we could say this there's no such thing as um, as sickness, disease, just the absence of health. Now, I don't mind if it challenges you, because it challenges me. You, we could say there's no such thing as sin, it's just the absence of righteousness. Now, I'm, I know I'm using the words there's no such thing, and you could argue me, but there is sin, we can see it around about. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, it's not there. It's because there has been a reduction or removal of certain things that's allowed it to take place. It's not the plan of God. It's not the plan of God. It's not the plan of God. And I, I'm, I'm here to tell you today that God has declared so many things to you at the mission. And he needs your thinking to catch up with his. And the worst thing you can do is to say, I'm fine. I've got it. Because I've been here, I've done that. It's called familiarity. Let me show you how powerful this is. We know the story of the people coming out of Egypt, right? And they, this is a miraculous thing of God taking them through the Red Sea. Right? I mean, that'd be enough for me. Just to be in that. Like, I'm done. Whatever you want to do, God will do it. Right? And so they come to the promised land and God says to them, I've given you this land. This land is yours. Speaking of the promised land. And so it wasn't entirely his idea, but he came to agree that, that he's going to take one from each of the tribe, 12 men, and they're going to go into the promised land. And he gives them some specific instructions uh, to check out the land. Right? They go into that promised land and they see all the things that God said that it was a land of milk and honey and all that sort of stuff I mean look look it took two men to carry a bunch of grapes now they were either really weak men or they were big grapes and they were big grapes just one grape would feed a feed a neighborhood for a week type thing Anyway, so they all went in there. They all saw the same things. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came with a different report. 
So were Joshua and Caleb just super faith people? I don't, you know, I, I, but they were faithful men and women. I'm sorry, they were faithful men. But they saw the same things as the other ten. So what was the difference? I want to say to you the difference is that Joshua and Caleb believed what God said so their fair perspective was different when they went in there. They went in there looking at where they put things. They went in there looking at where we're going to build the Walmart. The other team went in there looking at how they're going to take the land because they weren't convinced that God said this land is yours. So therefore, they looked like grasshoppers in their own eyes. Right? So it really makes a lot of difference where you see things from. So because Joshua and Caleb believed God, they went in there not looking at how we're going to take this land. They went in there looking at, well, let's see what, what's here, what, where we're going to put things, what we're going to do, what it's going to look like. And then they came back out and they were say, we can take this. They, so they had, a, they had a boldness about them. They stood up to everybody else who, who was um, affected by the fear of the ten who weren't convinced that God had said what he said. And you can take this time and time again. You can take David. David goes down to the armies where his brothers are. Right? His father sends him down with the cheeses. The cheeses for Jesus. Both. Sorry, it was... I couldn't help myself. And I sent him down with the cheeses, <laughs> the cheese for the, the army, his brothers. And he gets down there and he watches what happens. Goliath comes out, the army, which looks like an army, dressed like an army, smells like an army. And as soon as Goliath comes out, they take off. I mean, who ever heard of that? An army who's scared of the enemy. And so he stands there and he, and he looks and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who's this guy that's not under the covenant of God? Why isn't somebody doing something about it? Now his perspective was, he's so big, I can't miss. <laughs> well, the army's perspective was, he's so big, we, we've got to take off. Right? We're out of here. David was, let me at him. Why? It's because he had a different perspective. He saw things very differently. What I want you to understand is that you are in a spring season. Um, whether you like it or not, you're in spring. And that means any seasonal shift or causes you to have to see things from a different perspective. And being out of season, don't, don't go comparing yourself to what happens in other places. Don't compare what God is doing here. 
And don't judge the process. Don't judge the process or process. Sorry. The process. The process that God has got to get here because you could judge, you could judge what happened with Gideon, right? I mean, I, I would prefer 30,000 people to go fight, right? And he keeps, he keeps reducing it down to 300. Just as a by and by, there's some similarities. There's some similarities. Right? Why did he reduce? What, was, what did he say to him? I want you to see this from a different perspective. You were looking at, we, we've got 30,000. We can do some great things here. And then God says, no, that's too many. And he reduced. And you still too many. Still too many. Because he said, I know you. You win with 30,000 and you're going to say, look what we did. He said, actually, I want to do a lot more with less. I want to do a lot more with less. Because I want to develop a household of governors. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Where do you, what do you see? Um, are you seeing opportunities? Or are you seeing problems? What do you see? Do you know what the prophetic words are over this house? Don't just leave it to the leaders. Inquire. Find out what they are. Don't wait till somebody says, this is what we must do. Start taking hold of it. Start partnering with, and please forgive me if you're already doing this, but I'm here today, gone tomorrow. But I, I believe, I believe that whatever the debt that's left on this is going to be paid off in a day. Well, okay, let me just say that again. I, I think you're having a trouble with my accent. So. <laughs> so I believe that the debt that's left over in this place is going to be paid off in a day. I don't believe you're winding down. I think you're winding up. I, I think there are nations that have come to you and nations you know, that are going to be changed. I believe that God has created the mission here and it's going to fulfill its name, a place of the mission. It's going to be a hub. I, I, I believe that there's coming a time when you're going to have meetings of the leaders to figure out what you're going to do with the resources that you have because you've got too much. 
and the famine that's been around for a number of years is finished. Now, the famine that's been around for a number of years is finished. The famine that's been around for a number of years is going to finish. It's finished. And that the seeds that have been sown for years and years and years and years. I was in this, I was in this room here when I heard Graham Cook talk about an accelerated season. And he said that uh, we're coming at a time of acceleration, that which would take a year would take months, and that would take months would take weeks, and that which would take weeks would take days. That would take days would take hours. And um, I, it's, it's just, it was God. It's, I knew it was God. I knew it was God speaking. And a little while ago, I, I, I said to the Lord, Lord, I, I didn't see the acceleration. He said, oh, that's quite simply. Graham was seeing so clearly. He was looking in and it, and it felt like it was right for now. But he said he was actually talking about now. The time of now. So he was seeing so clearly. And that's what a lot of prophets do. You know, you can just see so clearly. It just feels like it's now. But he was seeing so clearly. And I think that we're in that accelerated time. So, um, I want to do something with you. Is that okay? Too bad if it's not. I've got the mic. (laughs) Now, what I want to do is I want to pray something. I want to pray over you about this whole thing of seeing. Right? And I, I, I want you to leave this place today seeing things differently. And I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe that God is, is going to change something in your ability to see. It may happen straight away. It may happen in days to come. But you're going to look at circumstances and situations and you're going to see it very differently. Now, the way that I want to pray is that I'm going to, I'm going to pray and I'm, I'm going to stop and I say, do you agree? And I'm looking for you, if you agree, to actually say, I agree. Not we, not I. I agree. And I'd like you to be forceful with it, like, like you mean it, not like, oh, he told us to say this. I agree. <laughs> I, I mean, if you want that, if you want that sort of response from God, you can have it. But if you want my intentional, I agree, and this is going to break, right? Do you agree? So just be forceful with it, you know, like, like you're not going to lift the roof off, but you could try. All right. Why don't we, why don't we stand? Father, we declare that this is the day that you have made. Do you agree? I agree. Father, this day, this moment in time, this 
time right now is when you are ministering to us and bringing us into the spring season. Do you agree? Right now, our ability to see that has been with us up until this season changes. Do you agree? We will see things that we've never seen before. Do you agree? Things that are stored for us in heavenly places. Do you agree? We have new eyesight. Do you agree? agree. We are healed. Do you agree? agree. Our eyesight, our ability to be able to see becomes so clear that any eyesight issues previously, physically, will change because we will be healed. Do you agree? Anything within us, anything that is building a resistance to what you're wanting to do, Father God, release us from us. Father, from words that have been spoken, things that have been declared, and things that we have partnered with in previous days that we didn't realize, covenants that we made, things that we declared, things that we said. Father, we didn't realize what we were saying, but we say today they are released from us in the name of Jesus. Do you agree? And so we possess ability to be able to see. We possess something, Father God, that we've not walked in before. That it's the ability to be able to see from heaven towards earth. We see a new perspective in everything that we walk in. The things that we've heard time and time again will make sense to us like never before. Do you agree? agree. We stand as people who will govern Do you agree? agree. And so, right now, as we lay hands on ourselves, put put hand, we release an anointing and an ability. Father God, a fresh anointing, a fresh ability to be able to walk in the very destiny that you have called us individually and corporately to. Father, we say in the name of Jesus, let it be. Let it be so. Do you agree? agree. And so now we possess the prophetic words that have been declared over this house. And we say those words are from you and that, Father, we will go after them until completion in the name of Jesus. Do you agree? So we see from abundance towards lack and we will be one group of people on this planet who have an ability to chase after lack and cause lack, Father God, and scarcity to not be in our vocabulary anymore. Do you agree? So Father, I thank you. I bless these people. I bless the very things that you, um, Father God, have done in us and are doing us in Jesus' name. Amen.
Yes, Mark, I agree. And we receive that word as the mission. And we receive it and we hold on and we will war with it. So thank you so much for releasing that, Mark. And we will live it out. Yes, do you agree? I agree. Well, we get the opportunity to bless Mark and his family and his ministry. So let's be generous this morning. Like Dad said earlier, there's so much that Mark has poured into this place. A lot of it's behind the scenes and then in the nations. So it's our opportunity today to bless him back and pour into him and his amazing family. He's a grandfather now, amazing little grandson. It's awesome. But let's be really generous this morning and bless him. If I can have the ushers come down. Ways to give on there. Just mark it, guest speaker or mark, and we'll get it to him and bless him well. So Jesus, thank you for Mark. Thank you that you have blessed us with him. That you have brought him to us. And that we get to benefit from his field. So I just thank you for Mark and ask that you bless him and keep him and that your face would shine upon him. And I pray that you bless everyone in this room that receives this word, that that seed would go deep in them, that it would be watered and fed and produce amazing fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. So ushers, go ahead. Whew. Just breathe it in right now. Just Let's just take a moment and let the Holy Spirit just water the seed that was just put in us. Ah, oh, Jesus, you're so good. So good. Something I started doing a few years ago at the end of every service, especially if I was ministering, is I just take a moment and give thanks for what he's done. So let's just take a moment and let's thank him for this morning and what he's done in us today. You got to do it out loud, though. You got to do it out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done today, what you've poured out this morning on us. You're so good. We thank you that you are the reason, that you are the one that brings abundance. So we thank you for what you've done today, what you've planted in us, what you've given us this morning. Thank you. You're so good. And if you agree with that, say, I agree. All right. Well, ministry team, go ahead. Everyone stand. Ministry team, come down. If you need ministry this morning, if you need prayer for healing or situations going on in your life, we have these amazing people that have come prepared to pour out Jesus in your situation. So ministry team, come. Have an amazing week. If you need prayer, come on down. 
Mark will be in the back signing his book. So go buy his books and he'll be back there signing it. Bless you, Mark. Signing, yeah. That's what I just said. Yep. It's okay. You're... Love you. Bless you. Have an amazing week. See you back next week. Ignite. Ignite students tonight. We're back at it tonight.